This is Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. For the first time in 124 games, the Raiders are shut out. They come to New Orleans with a great offense, and instead, it's the Saints defense that holds them to 181 yards. I apologize to Raider Nation for that performance, and uh, again, I own that. Uh, that's, That's my responsibility, so... We have to do much better, obviously, uh, in, in every phase of the game. That right there is embarrassing. That should never happen, especially with the group of guys in that locker room. You know, it, it sucks that we went through it. It happens. Got to take a look at ourselves, though, and really check, see how we want to go into this next game. Live from the Underground Lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. Monday Night Football will be on these screens here at the Underground Lounge in just a little bit. The World Series will not be on these screens as it's been postponed tonight due to weather. So the Phillies-Astros Game 3 will not be played tonight. So that's a bummer. But we will have Monday Night Football. We'll be watching Cincinnati. We'll be watching Cleveland closing out Week 8 of the NFL season. Joining us now on the phone lines to talk about the Saints and what changed for them as they just destroyed the Raiders 24-0 and really wasn't even that close. I mean, the Raiders really were a no-show, but it has to be a little bit deeper than that. So want to talk to Matty Hudak. And Matty, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you and not trying to rub salt in the wounds of any Raider fan because today is really obviously a bad day, as you can imagine. But the Saints were so, I don't want to say bad, but their defense was so bad going into that game and they pitched a shutout. Is this something that you saw coming? Is this something that you saw them getting better at? Or was that as a big of a surprise to you as it was to us? Yeah, well, first off, uh, thank you for having me. And it kind of seems like our revenge game, you know, the Saints kind of battling themselves came at the expense of the Raiders. I think there's just that added extra energy of that being, you know, Dennis Allen's former team where his first head coaching stint didn't work out. And I think he did kind of comment after the game that as much as he tried to downplay that, it certainly mattered to him. But the Saints were like you said, really all over the place all season. Uh, Their defense has not been up to the task whatsoever in coverage. uh, Their run defense completely went absent, and as did the pass rush. And for a team that had really leaned on their defense for the last couple of seasons, it was very shocking that, you know, even though there are injury concerns that happens to every single team, it just seems like the Saints lost their way and lost kind of their philosophy on how to play football. Um, and I think we saw kind of that balanced attack on both sides really come back against you guys. So, yeah, I mean, holding you guys, I think it was like net 38 rushing yards. There's some really, really low output. Right. Uh, but Alante Taylor, who's our rookie that's in his second NFL start, really locking down Devontae Adams. I don't think anyone expected that at all. Uh, but the, the cornerback and secondary play was the best it's been all season. And so just that extra second of Derek Carr having to hang on to the ball a little longer – you saw the pass rush finally kind of start to come together. And I always look at a lot of football as a mental thing. And once you start to see the lanes for success, kind of literally and metaphorically, teams start to kind of click a little faster. And I felt like that just kind of got pushed to the pedal uh, against the Raiders. Uh, Same thing with the Saints running attack, which we really haven't seen all season. So, yeah, it just seemed like we worked out all of our kinks, again, unfortunately, at the expense of shutting out you guys. 
Yeah, I mean, it all came together for the Saints, obviously, uh, in the 24 nothing victory over the Raiders. I kept waiting, Matty, for all of a sudden it just to click. Or, you know, even though the Saints were playing well, it's like, okay, they're going to make a mistake because they've turned the ball over. Were you, at, while you're watching that game, monitoring and covering it, were you kind of waiting for the Raiders to snap out of it and start getting rolling as well? Yeah, I mean, I also, I'm the sideline reporter for Tulane uh, football as well, and we actually just had a game against Memphis where we got out to a 35-0 start at halftime, and I'm thinking, okay, that's not really a sustainable thing, uh, and that team didn't end up making a comeback that they held off, but I had that exact same thought in my, you know, pit of my stomach was, okay, things are going way too well for the Saints now after weeks of, you know, almost inexplicable football, but uh, again, it just seemed like there was, like a pissed off mentality on, uh, on the Saints, and I didn't see that ever going away. Uh, we saw Alvin Kamara really step up, I think, in a way that, A, someone really needed to say some things to that team. Like, we can't keep drawing offsides penalties and not fixing it in practice, and everyone having body language that doesn't look like a winning team. You know, having someone like Alvin Kamara, who isn't really necessarily known for taking on that role, I think he kind of got everyone in line, quite honestly, this week. Um, and it did really kind of look like the twilight of their season was hanging on this game. So I didn't really know what was going on the whole time, to be honest with you. And as much as I wanted to have the thought that this shouldn't continue to be sustainable, it just felt like both sides of the ball got hungrier as the game went on. I really think it was just kind of a mental demoralizing type victory that once the Saints kind of got over the hump of, I don't think the Raiders really had a chance. Talking again with Matty Hudak from the Saints Wire here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. My man DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, you mentioned Alvin Kamara, and he basically gave the win-win for the Gipper speech, you know, <laughs> doing it for Dylan Allen. And with this game, I know he hasn't been that productive before, you know, dominating the Raiders. So did they scheme up anything differently for him, or was it just, just the Raiders the right opponent that couldn't defend him as well? Well, the O-line also, I think, has a huge part to do with that. Um I think Kamara gets this kind of rep that he's not this inside-the-tackle type runner, and that's not necessarily true. Uh, he's just not going to be able to withstand those hits if the blocking scheme really falls apart. Um, but it just seems like they were sticking to the, the concepts that have worked in, in previous matchups and leaning on Kamara to do so and not pulling him and Taysom Hill out on third down and trying to get a pass-off with kind of lower-grade uh, receivers. You know, whenever they're running majority outside zone plays, the offense has done better. It was like it was uh, the Seattle game earlier this year where they had really leaned on that, and I looked at the concepts for this game too, and it was the same kind of thing using that outside zone concept, but then using Taysom Hill as almost like a decoy off of Camara on those counter runs, on those power runs. One play would be you know Hill running a power, and then the next play it would be Camara. Uh, so I just think using Camara in the way that he is intended isn't really an answered question yet, if that makes sense. I think everyone has this perception of Kamara as being, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. I'd argue he's actually a master of all of them as long as the assignments all hold up. But you could tell that the line, kind of like the defense, really finally wanted to get this together. It seems like the offensive line is finally clicking, and they actually ran, you know, a complete 50-50 balance run pass game. So when you're leaning on the run game that much and allowing the passing game to open up, I just think this game plan was really Camara, and I think his leadership and his play and his versatility really showed off uh, in this game where he was doing a lot of inside zone stuff, but uh, again, a lot of outside zone and outside the tackles type stuff as well. 
Yeah, you mentioned the word versatility, and I want to move over to Taysom Hill because he was another player that when we did our previews, hey, should the Raiders be worried about Taysom Hill? He didn't have the most explosive game, but he was productive. When it comes to the Saints and how they used him yesterday, did you see anything that was working so well, or was it just the blocking? Because every time he ran the ball, I felt like he was getting positive yards. Again, I think it was going back to those plays that work really the best for him, which are those counters and those powers where, again, it's it's a question of reading the defense. Is he going to hand it off to Kamara? And, again, using it in play sequences where Hill keeps it and then Kamara keeps it the next play, I think that was kind of the vision that I think Sean Payton really had for Taysom Hill under center back in the day was to play him off of Alvin Kamara. Um, I think all teams to be worried about Taysom Hill, quite honestly, because like you said, it wasn't his most explosive game, and yet he still converted six key first downs. He caught a pass. He you know, was the second leading rusher, and now when he drops back, they do have to pause for that second because he has thrown a touchdown pass this season. So leaning on him on third down, I don't know why it, it's impossible, but the Saints, I think they finally broke the streak during this game, but... Up until that, we're like the only team in the NFL to convert 12 straight third and one plays, and most of those come from Case and Hill, and everyone sees it coming, and yet, even when the blocking breaks down, he's just so fast for his size. Um, as much as they put him in a tight end box, I really think he's almost more that Christian McCaffrey, really, really fast running back back there, and he just has really quick field vision that I think comes as a product of being a quarterback and being able to scan the field that quickly, read defenses, and really just let him do his thing, quite honestly. And they definitely let him a lot more uh, in this Raiders game. Yeah, he's big, he's fast, and he's strong. And he was a problem on Sunday, that's for sure, along with Alvin Kamara. Maddie, before we let you go, you know, I've always heard the stories of when teams go to South Beach, they, you know, they, they, they go in there and they struggle because, well, it's in Miami. And I'm assuming that that's going to happen here in Vegas uh, eventually. When teams come here, they're going to enjoy Vegas a little bit. To see a team like the Raiders looked on Sunday where they just didn't look like they had any life, have you seen that in your time of covering the Saints there? Have you seen a team just look like they just don't have any juice at all? Yeah, I've seen the Saints look like that for the first half of the season, quite honestly. Uh, There were a couple games. I'd also point to a few last year um, where, again, you know, injuries really play into that. But, you know, the Buffalo Bills Thanksgiving game where I think it was something like 31-6. to And it was just kind of like, all right, what are we watching out there? Yeah. And that's quite frankly how a lot of the games this season have felt. Uh, even home games, I thought that there was a really great home atmosphere there, but it's not, I think, as much of a difference maker as it kind of used to be. But the Saints do shut out teams every so often. It's just usually they're having a better season than they are beforehand. But I, I kind of tend to agree with you where, you know, teams in Vegas – uh, and I mean, you think about Alvin Kamara and his issues down right. in Las Vegas. It yeah. is a really, to me, distracting city with a lot of young players with a lot of money and not being used to that kind of growing up. But it, it, to me, it just kind of seemed like the Saints came in really mad and ready to kind of get their revenge. Uh, and the Raiders just unfortunately happened to be the recipient of that <laughs> uh, for a team that I think was better than, you know, a 24-0 shutout. Yeah, I, I agree, and it's, it's always hard. And every time I say that, well, the, I think the Raiders are better than what they, you know, they're showing. And they have a performance like that, and it's like, well, never mind. <laughs> you know, it's like it's hard to it's hard to back them up on that one uh, when you see something like that. Well, uh, Maddie, fantastic stuff. Thanks for joining us and giving us a little bit of your insight of what you know you saw being uh, you know up close and personal. Uh, what do you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for? 
Uh, I'm trying to uh, follow up with, you know, Lante Taylor. I'd spoken with his trainer this offseason, and I think he really impressed shutting down Devontae Adams completely in coverage. Uh, so hoping to kind of write some stuff on that. But usually finally, mostly on Twitter. I'm, again, if you pay attention to college football, I am the sideline reporter for Tulane. So if you want to pay attention to an underdog, there's certainly one to uh, follow up on. But I also wanted to just say I grew up in the Bay Area, so I've actually been quite a few uh, Raiders games in my lifetime, and I'm pretty familiar with them. So I do understand kind of the ups and downs plights of, of the team that you guys have because I was out there for a long time. There you go. Well, let me let me side note here, since uh, you are the sideline reporter and I have the most respect in the world for all sideline reporters, how fantastic of a job is that? Oh, it's my favorite job, I think, that I have very <laughs> unexpectedly just being able to be on the field and be in the mix in a way I never really expected to be and that you don't get in the press box. It mm-hmm. really, like you said, it is one of the best jobs, in my opinion, just feeling like, I, you know, I'm almost, I've been hit by a few players, but really feeling like you're a part of that action and electricity and magic on the field. Yeah, it's awesome. It really is. And uh, I've done some, uh, a lot of high school, I've done some college uh, sideline reporting myself, and it's the best job ever. And I always tell the Raiders, like, hey, man, you guys don't have a sideline guy yet. Uh, I know a guy. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I know that that's a, a great job. So keep up the great work doing what you do, uh, not only uh, on the sidelines, but also for the Saints Wire as well. We definitely appreciate you this afternoon. Thanks so much. Great. Thanks for having me all. No doubt. There she goes. Maddie Hudak right there, the Saints Wire, at Maddie Hudak underscore 94 on Twitter. Uh, just, again, not trying to rub salt in anyone's wounds at all because, look, I mean, it, it's, it's rubbing salt in my own wounds. But it just wanted to know what in the hell the Saints folks thought on their end when they were seeing this whole thing unfold. And like I said, I got plenty of people that have texted me that cover the team like a glove that said, I didn't expect that on Sunday at all. So I uh, just thought that I'd go and deep, do a little bit of a deeper dive with Maddie. 414 is the time. We're in the underground lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino Monday Night Football. Got a little Rob bass on the, on the speakers going on right now. Demi is dancing. Demi's got a drink. Jason's in the building, a.k.a. Twilight, a.k.a. a great driver but a terrible quarterback. He's in the building here with Vegas Jess, and uh, we're just having a good time on this Halloween. Vegas Jess is flexing his muscles because he may have caught a touchdown pass. He might have got one. One out of ten is not bad, and then spiked the ball. It might have hit the car and made the alarm go off. Just saying, Jason said he saw the video, so I guess he saw the video. It had to happen. But uh, we're here at the Underground Lounge having a good time. So come on out here with Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at about 4.30, DeMond had an opportunity to catch up with Golden Knights' Riley Smith. He caught up with him on Saturday. You'll hear that conversation about 4.30. Did a really good job catching up with Riley as he was at a meet and greet. So uh, good job, DeMond. You'll hear that conversation again about 4.30 here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness had a lot to get to on today's show. Already talked to Sam Gordon, talked to Andrew Brandt, Ed Graney, Maddie Hudak we just talked to uh, about the Saints. Talked all things Raiders, but wanted to get a little bit of insight on the Saints as well. Now, earlier this morning, and it's always going to be early, so anytime you tune into the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Heidi and Vinny, and I know Harry Ruiz was in for Vinny and uh, Heidi today as they were traveling, you're going to be able to hear Coach McDaniels or you're going to be able to hear Patrick Graham or Mick Lombardi. You're going to hear those, those guys early because they are on the East Coast right now. So, for example, Patrick Graham and, and Mick Lombardi are supposed to talk tomorrow at 11 on the East Coast. So 
during the morning tailgate at 8 a.m., you can hear Patrick Graham and Mick Lombardi live. So Coach McDaniels talked it this morning at 7.30, and we ran it live on, uh, on Radio Nation Radio 920. But there's a few sound bites that I wanted to get to and let you hear from them, and then we'll get to a, a couple callers as well at 702-365-9200. So just hold on. If you're on hold, we'll get to you in just a minute. But I did want you to hear a few sound bites from head coach Josh McDaniels, including the first one about the locker room. My biggest concern when you don't have success, especially early on, and you believe that you're supposed to have success, if the expectations are there and all of a sudden you're not winning, my concern is guys start pointing the finger at, okay, well, why aren't we winning? Whose fault is it? Who's not doing their job? My concern is the locker room. So head coach Joshua Daniels was asked about the locker room. If he has any concern about the lack of success, it possibly is starting to get a little toxic. I think the best thing we can all do is, uh, one, be, be truthful and honest with the, one another. Um, treat, enough, treat, you know, treat one another the way we've treated them all year. And, and uh, we have a really high character locker room. Uh, we have a bunch of great people in there that work really hard at their job. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I fully trust and believe in them. And again, you know, yes, as disappointing as yesterday was, um, we've had, you know, we've had some signs of progress here and um, really just, you know, try to stay consistent as much as we can here. You know, there's, you know, we, 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 we learn from the things we don't do well and hopefully we can improve and get better uh, where it's, like I said, it's not unique to us. We're not the only team that, that loses games. And, again, as hard as yesterday was, hopefully we'll be able to learn the lessons from that and be better. But, uh, you know, just uh, I think people people respond to, uh, you know, just direct, honest, open dialogue, and that's what we're going to do. And uh, our guys have always been accountable to that, and uh, I have a great deal of respect for every one of them. So there's Coach McDaniels talking about the locker room, and I'm expecting a lot of open dialogue this week while they're not – at home they're not at the practice facility they're there in sarasota they're at img all they have is themselves they don't have anyone else to distract them they don't have any of that and if they're really bought in as a team they'll come together and bond this week and not allow that performance to be a a performance that happens again and one guy that i know is not going to allow that to linger is running back josh jacobs and he was one of the few that i saw life from on Sunday and after the game and Tashawn Reed from the athletic actually asked coach McDaniels this question after the game he was talking about being pissed off in the locker room and the fact that the guys need to go out there and practice like they're pissed off and not allow that performance to ever happen again so here's coach McDaniels responding to the comments that Josh Jacobs made and and if he wants to see more players on the team take that same approach um, I mean I think we all probably should have a uh, you know uh, whatever uh, more urgency, uh, more attention to detail, uh, more focus, um, and whatever we can do to to help our team perform better. Um, I think that's what you know. All of us should <clears throat> all of us should look to do. Um, and it doesn't surprise me that Josh would say that. Josh practices hard every day, and I think he'll try to demand that from his teammates. And I think his teammates will do the same thing. You know, so. Um, our team has always, you know, worked really hard and responded well to any adversity or challenges that we faced. And um, our leadership's been very good, very consistent. And I think this is, again, you know, that you get put in situations like this sometimes to, you know, see how you respond. And I think the response uh, to any adversity is 
um, really in many ways as important as anything else you're going to do. And so uh, we've had we've had some adversity this year. We've tried to respond to it. This is another one. We're going to need to respond to it. And, uh, you know, regardless of how it feels today, um, you know, our our goal is going to be to go out there and have a good week this week down here in Florida and try to get ready to go and play another, you know, a, a good team in Jacksonville and do the best we can to try to compete and win. Head coach Josh McDaniels responding to Josh Jacobs saying that guys should go out there and practice pissed off and angry. And I'll say this. I know that there are some really good guys with C's on their chest, captains. I really wish that Josh Jacobs had a C on his chest. I really wish he was one of the Raiders captains because I think he needs to be. He is one of the guys that has shown leadership through every single game. And contract year, be damned. Like, I don't care if it's a contract year or not. The attitude and the approach he's taken to this season, every single game, whether he gets the ball 10 times or he gets the ball 25 times, has been the same. The same approach, the same mentality, the same follow me, I want to get it done approach. I I really could appreciate what Josh Jacobs has done. And I don't know what the future uh, holds for him with the Raiders. I really don't. I don't think any of us do, including him. But none of that really matters. What matters is that he goes out and gives 100% effort every single game. And I'll be the first to say that I'm a Josh Jacobs fan. So, but that's not, I don't believe that that's fandom talking. That's just what I've seen. I've seen a guy that goes out there and busts his backside every single time he has an opportunity to go out there and run for the Raiders. A couple more quick sound bites for you. Uh, this one's on the Raiders' defense. And I want to say that maybe Vinny Bonsignor asked this question about the defense. A lot of questions about Patrick Graham and their unit and what they're doing. I was excited when Patrick Graham took over as defensive coordinator. Thought he was going to bring some juice to the table and really get that defense humming. And you know, it just you haven't seen any consistency from the defense at all yet this season, and that's a problem. That's a big, big problem. So Co- Coach McDaniel's was responding to the question about the defense. If they still feel like they have an opportunity to get that defense right, no. I mean, look, it is it is what it is. When we when we play. Uh, when we do the right things and, and we're all connected, uh, that's, that's how defense works, you know, and, um, you know, and, and when another, and another team's always going to try to make that difficult on you. So, um, you know, good team defense, there's no shortcuts to it. And, uh, you know, you, whether it's run defense, pass defense, pass rush coverage, uh, third down, red zone turnovers, you know, um, there's things that we can do better. Um, and, Again, I think the process, I know that that gets tiring listening to that, but that there's no other, there's no other way to do it. You know, we have to work on the things that we can work on to improve it and shore it up in certain areas and try to make, you know, more consistent plays together. There's again, there's no, there's no magic pill we're going to take, you know, to, to solve any issues that we have or have had. Uh, we're going to need to work at it and then be connected and play good as a unit. That's the, that's the only way to, to play good, solid defense over and over and over, play after play. There you go. Talking about the defense right there. And when they're right, they're right. And when they're not, they're not. And on Sunday, they just weren't at all. You know, no hits on Andy Dalton at all. Andy Dalton is a guy that we talked about when we were doing keys of the game, that he's not a quarterback that's going to run around the yard. He's a guy that if you have penetration, you should be able to get to him. There was a couple times Chandler Jones got close, a couple times Max Crosby got close, but just wasn't enough, and they weren't able to make it happen. Final soundbite from head coach Josh McDaniels. What he had to say actually was the question that I asked him this morning about not allowing this loss to, to beat him twice. You know, looking at the film, digesting it, 
and then crumpling it up and getting rid of it and just not dwelling on it because, well, that's not going to do any good. And I don't know how much you could really learn from this film because, again, it looked like it was basically a no-show. So here's Hickos Joshua Daniels talking about moving forward, not dwelling on the loss. Q, that's a great question. Um, I've, I've, been a, I've been a part of a few of these before in my lifetime, and, uh, you know, they're never, they're never fun to go through. Um, I think the reality is, is you have to, you have to pull out, uh, the things that you need to learn from, from this tape that will make us better and hopefully help us improve. Um, and then you got to move forward. You know what I mean? If you sit here and dwell on it all night tonight, all day tomorrow, I mean, there's, there's just no, you know what I mean? That isn't the way to go. You know, the way to go is, you know, let's, you know, let's, let's learn from it. Let's be honest with one another. Let's be open to the, the, the positive corrections we can make. And then, you know what, let's bury the tape and, you know, move on to the next week and start getting ourselves and our minds ready to go for a good practice on Wednesday. I think that's the best way to do it. Uh, again, if you coach or play long enough, you're going to have one or two of these. And, uh, you know, if you let it affect you longer than what it should, then, you know, that's that shame on you, you know, because, uh, like I said, there's a lot of teams that go through this and nobody likes it, but, you know, sometimes it can be a learning experience that you really look back on and say, man, we needed that, you know, that set us straight uh, and, and really taught us a lot of hard lessons. So we're going to try to look for those this morning and this afternoon with our players, uh, be open and honest with them. And I know that they'll be receptive to that. They've been great all year. And, uh, and then we're going to move on and get ready for Jacksonville. There you go. That's Josh McDaniels right there talking about not dwelling on the loss, and they can't. I mean, we could dwell on the loss more than they can. They immediately have to move on. My old buddy, my old country friend, Ward White, used to always pound that home. Don't allow one loss to beat you twice. If you do that, that is criminal. You just, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. So you just got to get rid of that, crumple it up, get rid of the tape, bury it. Whatever you do, you've got to do and just not dwell on that. So that was a few sound bites from head coach Josh McDaniels. When we come back, we'll get to a couple calls. Plus, we'll hear DeMond with Riley Smith, Vegas Golden Knight. He was hanging out with them. They're they're best buddies now. You'll hear that conversation coming up next when we come back in the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino for Monday Night Football with Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Raider Fish in Berkeley tweeted at us, some of the nation is clamoring for immediate action through subtraction after a 2-5 start. The problem is there's nothing right now that can be done that would be productive. Firing someone right now won't fix it. Like it or not, we must stay the course. That's Raider Fish in Berkeley. And that's, one of, that's how I feel as well. There's not really a lot you could do eight weeks into the regular season, right? I mean, the, any subtraction that you make is just going to be that. There's not going to be some kind of addition that's going to come and turn everything around overnight it's just it's just not going to happen so thank you so much for that that tweet i do appreciate you 702-365-9200 that's the phone line plus the text line 69187 keyword r&r we'll get to demond and riley smith in just a minute let's go out to the phone lines and talk to hardcore raider what's on your mind brother what's up q what's up Doc? black monday hey hey man we're just raider nation is just tired of this man i mean yeah. we deserve better we're, we're tired of rebuilds we're tired of getting, you know, it's Halloween, trick or treat. Well, guess what? We got tricked, man. We were told at the beginning of the season we were we were going for a Super Bowl. We got the Super Bowl in Vegas next year. That's our home that we've waited for our own home since 1960. Here's the reality, man. We live in a soft society where people don't want to call a spade a spade, to be honest and truthful. 
But the reality is we should be playing for a playoff spot and a playoff win this year and a Super Bowl run next year. We got a quarterback that should have never got the first contract, never earned his, his contract $25 million per year. And now we're going to pay him $35 million per year. If we keep Carr, we're limited of who we can either re-sign or who we can go get. And we have a lot of talent needs and holds to, to fill that we need to fill. And if we get rid of Carr, that's not necessarily a solution either. Even though JT the Brick put me on blast like as if I'm the, G, uh, the GM and I'm making millions of dollars. No, dude, these guys are making tons of money. And there's no reason why they should put that product out on the field. If we get rid of Carr, it frees up some cap space. But then we have a hole at quarterback. So... We're in, a, we're in a tough situation. I'm tired of people saying, you know what, Derek Carr is not that guy. As much as I love everybody, dude, like, I'm tired of it. If he's not that guy, then he shouldn't have asked for that kind of money. He should have done a real team-friendly deal, which would have been $25 million a year, not $35, $40 million a year, because that's not team-friendly. He's not a top-five QB. He's a good QB. He's a great man, and he's a 10-15 to 15 ranked quarterback, and we see it. There's too much inconsistency. I'm sorry I like the guy, but it was time to move on years ago. And it should have taken what it took last year to get him to step up to the plate. It took someone dying. It took our coach getting fired. Okay. And I know- All right. That's, 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 that was too, too long. But, I mean, geez, come on, man. Don't bring up the death of somebody. That's t- terrible. Don't talk about that. That's, come on, man. Have a little class. No, that, that was, yeah, that was not good. Anyway, um, just to, to refer to your call, though. I think we all have said he's about 10 to 15 quarterback. I think we've all said that. I don't think anyone said he was top five. I think we all said he was around 10 to 15, which is fair, which is fine. You could actually win with that. I won't sit there and say that loss yesterday was on him 100%. I think that was on the whole team, including the coaching staff. If it was just him, I can understand going in and being upset at him, but I don't think that it was just him. I think it was everybody, everybody, all players on the team all coaches on the team it was all of them it was all a complete no-show it wasn't just a Derek Carr issue yes he's the quarterback I get it but Devontae had one catch for three yards and he had balls that hit him in the hands so make no mistake about it so uh, there's a lot there's a lot of questions that need to be answered but you're right you know what do you do if you don't have him you know you got to plan for the future that's what Dave Ziegler's job is is the plan for the future. That's what they're probably going to do. I don't know. They they made a lot of contracts. You talk about team friendly contracts. They made a bunch of team friendly contracts where they can get out of them when they want to. If they want to get out of all the contracts that they signed this offseason, they can. They can move on from Carr after this season. They can move on from Devontae. They can move on from Hunter. They can move on from Waller. If that's what they choose to do, they could do that. So that's about as team friendly as it gets because guess what? Guys don't have to sign that kind of a deal. Literally, Carr's extension is a not even really an extension. It was a one-year deal, which he already had one year left on his deal. So, I mean, that's about as team-friendly as it gets. I understand the frustration, the anger, but let's not bring in – let's not bring up a tragedy that happened in the, in the season last year as something to fire up on. That's, that's foul. And also, Q, when people don't understand, I know that the money, because athletes, they make way more money than we do, and people just can't put it into context sometimes. Right now, this season, if Carr, you know, $35 million, you know what that brings him in quarterbacks among pay? Probably very low. No, well, just I'm saying like that figure of $35 million that'll kick in next season. Right. No, I don't know where it would rank him. 
10. He'd be tied for 10th. So he said, oh, he's only 10 to 15. Well, guess what? 35 million, that's the rate right now for the 10th best, well, the 10th highest paid quarterback in the league. So it's not like, oh, he's robbing the Raiders blind with the new contract extension that he had. I actually thought that he got a lower deal than I expected just because of the way that it's always, the price is always raised no matter who you are. I actually was surprised that, it, that he got the money that, that he got. But I'm not here to count his pockets either. I don't care if Joe Blow gets overpaid. <laughs> that's, the, that's the organization's issue, right? It's not mine. True. It's not your money, so why are you so mad about it? Right. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm not spending a dime. I wish someone would overpay me, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm be- I've been begging my whole life for someone to overpay me. I don't think any of us, if we all look in the mirror and are honest with ourselves, if someone gives us more money than we're worth, is, is any of us in our right mind going to say, no, that's not, I need to take a better deal? The company just, I need to do this for the company. Yeah, I need to take one for the team. I'll wait. I don't see anyone doing that. Nobody. I don't care how good of a guy you are or good of a young lady you are. Someone says, hey, Q, I want to offer you this kind of money. You ain't never seen that in your life. Guess what I'm going to do? Yep. Sign on the dotted line. Well, it might cost him on his job. Well, I'm still signing on the dotted line. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, just, I'm sorry, but no, no offense to mine, but. Will his replacement be just as good? Not, <laughs> half as good? All right, we can make it work. Hey, look, I had a boss that told me one time, Q, if you go to a movie and no one buys a ticket, is the movie still showing? Yep. <laughs> the show will go on. It might not be the highest quality, but the show will go on. Like I say all the time, the station don't need me. They'll, 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 they'll move on. They can have Vegas Jess go in there. And is it going to be the same show? Nope. But it'll be a show. So, so there's that. Let's go, out to, let's go out to Vince real quick, and then we'll get to DeMond's conversation. We've got to get to that before we wrap up. Uh, Vince, what's on your mind? Q, what's on my mind is, you know, it's, right now it's a tough, tough Monday. Right now, man, I'm calling you from work. <laughs> it's not good, but I had to get this off my chest. I just think it's crazy since the Jack Real days. This organization, since Khalil Mack, when have the Raiders brought up a real pass rush? It feels like the same situation we were with when Khalil Mack. When are we going to get a legit defense? We had Khalil Mack. Our pass rush was still terrible. Yeah, we had Khalil Mack, and he would come up big in some games. The same. You look fast forward eight, nine years later, we have a Max Crosby. Seems like the only guy that wants to get to the quarterback, you know, and our defense is still abysmal. When is stuff going to change? I think us at Raiders fans, we deserve a lot more. I mean, it hurts that we laid a goose egg, bro, a goose egg. Like, I could see if we lost and we, like, we showed some fight, kind of like the Packers. I thought the Packers were going to get killed. They actually showed some fight last night. But the fact that we couldn't get past the 50-yard line, you know, right. it's like, yeah. when is this That's stuff going to change, bro? We deserve, we, us as Raiders fans, we're probably the best fans in the world. I think it goes without question. We're the loudest, we're the proudest, and no matter what, you know, we support our team. But, you know, something has got to change. And when are the Raiders ever going to rise to the occasion and handle the business like they're doing, i.e. The, the Cardinals game, i.e. the Tennessee game, you know? What, what, when are we going to get there, i.e. the Saints game? You know, when are right. we going to rise to the occasion and actually fulfill, do what we're supposed to do and quit shooting ourselves in the foot? Yesterday, I think after the game yesterday, I wanted McDaniels gone. But then it's like, what justice is that going to do for us when we'll pick up a whole new, say if we got Sean Payton, okay, that's a whole new playbook that we got to implement with these guys. And it's like, dude, I just want something consistent. 
um, I did fear and I did see this coming when it was uh, the, you know, the Saints, they have a legit defensive line versus our old line, you know? Like, yeah. that's the only question mark I had. But the fact that, you know, Dennis Allen and them boys, they had a perfect game plan again for Josh Jacobs, and they executed it well. Where's the adaptment? We brought in McDaniels, and we thought he's supposed to be this coaching genius. Where's the adaptment? You've got Devontae Adams running jet sweeps. That's not Devontae Adams' game. You know what I'm saying? And he almost got killed, too, by doing it. But it's just... You know, Q, I'm tired. <laughs> well, I'm tired. I think all of us are tired at Raider Nation. Oh, I you know. know. And, um, yeah, and that's all I wanted to say. I appreciate your show. Thank you for letting me talk. Uh, and keep up the good work, man. Raider Nation, signing Pre- out. Appreciate the call. And, yeah, I think that that's the overall, you know, understanding is that everyone's tired and everyone's frustrated. And so that's where I can I can understand and, and you know, allow – uh, you know, folks to vent a little bit, but, you know, at, at certain points, and, and not your call, but just I keep going back to the, the tragedy that happened last year and the fact that that was even brought up on the – I mean, that really that really makes me mad that that was even brought up because that's, that's just foul. That's, I mean, that's someone lost their life. We're talking about a damn game. A game. Like, we all woke up this morning. That person did not. That's just foul that that was even brought up. I don't even mean to go back to it, but it's just resonating with me, and that's just that's that's not cool. And I don't understand why people decide that taking shots like that is okay. That's that's just not okay. Anyway, let's uh, let's get to Demond's. I should have got to your conversation first, Demond. That's my fault. I apologize. Uh, Demond met with Riley Smith from the Vegas Golden Knights on Saturday. I challenged him on Friday to go ahead and put a. You know, go ahead and get that conversation. He said, Q, I got you. And, well, DeMond came through like the first of the month, which happens to be tomorrow. DeMond, go ahead and hit, hit that. I'll, I'll let you intro it and everything. How did it set it up? How did everything shake out? All right, at Centennial Toyota, and it was a line, a big line. And I go in, you know, Riley ri- arriving like straight on time. You know, he didn't even, where they're like, oh, where's he going to park at? Like a boss, he parks right in front of the dealership. You know, he made his own spot. Around, you know, in style. And then I see that the line's there, and it's like, okay, man, what am I going to do? How am I going to get this? Is he, is he a cool guy? So I just go up and say, hey, I'm Demond. And I'm like, hey, can we get this done? He's like, we can do it right now. And it's like, okay, good. This is my chance. He didn't say no. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and for some more backstory, I went out with uh, Brian McCormick, the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights, yeah. on Friday night. And I was like, you got any Riley Smith stories? Can you help me out at all? He was like, no no inside stories or anything. But he's like, he's a great guy. So uh, that's all I knew going in. It's like, all right, he's a great guy. And uh, he lived up to it. And here we go. I'm Damon Cotton. I'm here at Centennial Toyota. I'm here with Vegas Golden Knights forward Riley Smith. Riley, man, how do you feel about the Vegas community when they come out to show you the support like this? And just how much does it mean that you would be a part of the Vegas community? It's been awesome. Ever since day one coming here, I feel like the community's really embraced myself, my family, all my teammates. Uh, to be able to show up here on a Saturday and see so many Vegas Golden Knights jerseys and fans supporting us. It's really awesome. You can't beat it. It's such a sports-driven town now, and it's uh, so special to be part of it. And how does the um, the Nevada Day, I know that to people who are not from here, it's a unique holiday. What do you think about the, the special Nevada Day start time that you guys have every Nevada Day now? Yeah, it's awesome. I love playing early games. You get done quick, and uh, you have some time to at least go out to dinner. Or, uh, I know I had my parents in town last night, so... Uh, early games are always nice. They're always appreciated. And, um, you know, to have the, the fan base we have to, to come out and support on a day off like that, I uh, can't be beat. 
And I'm not mistaken, you scored your 100th career goal last night, right, Will? Yes, that it's a 100th uh, goal in a VGK uniform. There we yeah. go. All right, so, I mean, it's 100 goals. The team is off to a great start. What is it like with the new coach? With the new, with, I mean, I know it's not a new team, but there are always new parts every year. How does this team feel for you early in the season now? It feels great. Um, obviously, with the new coach, you go through uh, some new structure elements, um, but I think a lot of guys have picked that up really quickly. Uh, like you mentioned, you we have pretty much the same core that we've had the last couple of years with a couple of new guys. The new guys have joined our team and really fit in seamlessly. So um, we feel good about where we're at right now. We're off to a good start, and we just try to keep that ball rolling. All right, man. Thank you for your time today, man. It's been blessed. Yeah, appreciate it. Because Damon and Riley Smith, and you know, it's funny. He was at the uh, – he actually has competed a few times now in the Battle for Vegas, and so the first year that I was here in town – uh, Battle for Vegas was one of the first events that I went to, and our media kind of get-together was in a weird setting. They took us into a different room, but he was one of the guys that was there uh, talking to him, and he seemed real personable and real you know, willing to, to talk just about to anybody. And so uh, good job, Damon. That was, that was uh, well done right there. Uh, even if you might have had um, like 75% of the stat correct, it's okay. 75% is better than no percent, I guess. <laughs> you know what? And you know what I did? Just kept it moving. That That's- was the one thing that I regretted. I was like, ah, I should have asked him about Battle for Vegas. That, but I was like, oh, I didn't want to take up too much of his time, you know. And people just like, why can't we get our autographs? Who's this guy talking to him for so just long? Just tell him you just got one more question. Famous, famous last words. I just got a couple more questions for you. That's what I always say. And then I got about five more minutes after that. You, you buy yourself about five more minutes when you say, just got a couple more questions. Because then it, it throws them off. Then in their, in their mind, they think you only have a couple more questions. So that's how you do it. Yeah, and people really do love the Golden Knights. I would love. I remember with Josh Jacobs when he had the autograph signing that we yeah. went to last year. Yeah, yeah. That was a line that was also wrapped around the building. But Raiders, man, I think the Raiders should do it more often because, man, the community. I mean, I guess people just love autographs. Well, I mean, the Golden Knights were born here, so <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're you know they're literally Vegas born, and so that's that's. I mean, they're going to be, in my opinion, they're going to be Vegas's number one team like always, right? I mean, just that's just who they are, and and plus they're a really good team and they're getting off to a, a, a hot start I think they're actually playing better right now than most people thought that they were going to play going mm-hmm. into the season with the new coach and I'll tell you man the environment was fun we were at Buffalo Wild Wings on Friday uh, we were watching the game in real time and man I mean it's just every time they scored we happened to be in commercial break but the place was having a great time you know everyone was there uh, watching just like I said man just really partaking in it so uh, shout out to Shout out to uh, to the Golden Knights, man. Shout out to Riley Smith, and and good job with that as well, Demond. You uh, you you accepted your challenge and you you overcame it. So good stuff, man. Uh, we'll have to send you on more missions like that. Always. <laughs> Let's get a couple more texts in before we close out the show on this Monday. Mailman Raider is talking about a. a trading for somebody to bring some talent in i don't think that that's a possibility now i think that ship has sailed due to the loss on uh, on sunday i just don't see it being something that the raiders would do but he thinks he said q i don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities on trading for somebody this is supposed to be a three-year window no why not get somebody if now or get now get somebody in now if it helps the team and yeah i i still believe that three-year window is something that the team is looking at i just don't think that they'll do it now only because i don't think they want to give up draft capital for someone that they could probably go and get in the offseason or address, keep, you know, give up that capital when they can address the draft. I, that's, the, that's the reason why I think that that is, that is closed down. I think it's evaluation season now. I mentioned that on my podcast today. I think that everyone is under evaluation, uh, coaches, players, everyone, really. And I think the only person that's untouchable, in my opinion, is Mad Max Crosby. I think that's the only person that if a team called and said, hey, 
we want this guy that they wouldn't that that they would say no, you know, Max Max is off limits. And I don't think that any team would try to make a move for Derek Carr right now, right? You know, they might try to make a move for him after the season. I don't see a team trying to make a move for a quarterback unless they have a major injury, which no team right now does. So I don't see that, but there's that. I got a text from the 707. The last two seasons have drained me as a football fan. Just when we feel like there's attraction after two decades of getting nearly nothing back as a fan, it all goes to nothing. I find myself asking, why am I wasting four hours and 17 days a year in front of my TV? I cannot watch, but I almost don't care to anymore. That's uh, from the 707, and I can understand the frustration, right? I say it all the time that there's a generation of fans that have never seen the team successful. There's a generation of fans that are kids that just trust that what we're saying is going to be right and that they're going to be really successful. So I get it. Believe me, I get it. I understand where the frustration comes from. Uh, got a text. Let's see. Uh, we got a text from the 631. Q, in the last two weeks, Mills and Dalton combined 50 for 71 for 470 yards, four touchdowns, interception, one sack, and 106.5 average rating. Shaking my head. And, yeah, that is that is a problem. That is a problem. Uh, and that's something that people talked about for a long time is that the Raiders play, play down to the competition and they don't allow themselves to just dominate a team that's not playing good or dominate a quarterback who's not very good, like a Davis Mills. You know, he, he, uh, he all of a sudden gained a lot of confidence last week and looked really good, and you saw what happened to the Texans this past week. And then Andy Dalton, who I know he's a longtime veteran. He's a safe guy. He's not going to do anything flashy. He looked very comfortable as well. Taysom Hill looked very comfortable. There was a lot of guys out there that were very comfortable in their role that they played uh, the last two weeks. So that, that is definitely something to be concerned about. Uh, Tamon, you got anything on your end that I need to add before we wrap up here from the Underground Lounge? Nah, you covered it all. <laughs> Tamon's like, nope, ready to get the hell up out of here. <laughs> I'm ready to watch some Monday Night Football. Well, if you're ready to watch some Monday Night Football, and there's been plenty of people that are, and a lot of people that are here right now at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino, uh, again, Cincinnati and Cleveland, they're getting ready. They're getting fired up on the field right now. Something that I'd love to see the Raiders do on Sunday is get fired up. It just didn't happen, but uh, we got the TV here on the on the screen, so come on by, get some of those food specials, drink specials, and I still have a lot of prizes on the table that I'm about to give out. 2023 Hooter calendars, Raider Nation Radio cups and koozies. Got some IHOPs, uh, not IHOP, but uh, hop, hop, Hazy IPA, some Hop Vegas. La Viva La Hop Vegas. Whatever it is, come on by and get it, man. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.